more out of sync than Chris Kirkpatrick and the rest of the members of NSYNC, okay? <sighs> Gotta have at least one NSYNC. How do we get back from this? <laughs> at least one NSYNC reference every episode. How will people know we're old? Somebody that I work with said that uh, The Office was dated and like really for like older people and I died inside. Yeah. Yes, she's she's maybe five years younger than me. I think math math is hard. Maybe maybe four years, but either way, either way, it's enough of a gap. Apparently, I was like, oh man. Elliot works at a school, and one of the the kids in there today um, was wearing a sash and a a little crown that said "Sweet 16. I was like, ah, oh, you got your whole life ahead of you, don't you? Yeah, <laughs> your boobs are still doing fine. Oh, it's a rough time. <sighs> It's, it's, don't get old, kids. And the people who are older than us, please stop throwing your shoes. <laughs> like, please, we understand that we are, we are, but we babes on this, on this. Am I? Because I'm starting plane. to have problems with my knees. You're turning 30. Hey, don't age me. I still got some time. <laughs> I said turning. Okay. I did not say now. I did not say this moment. All right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Put so you remember, remember how <laughs> last episode we said we weren't going to talk about kid crimes anymore? <laughs> and remember how we laughed at the our, end when we realized what today was? And then our patrons just slam dunked on us and was like, <laughs> no, fuck you. You're talking about a child crime. <laughs> fuck your mental health. Um, but this has a happy ending. Spoiler yes, alert. Yes. So, I mean, if you, I mean, I don't know if it's a spoiler alert, because if y'all wanted to know about it, then presumably, you know, something about it. Yeah. You've seen it in the news. Yeah. Because so, this is, this is pretty recent news. Yes. Extremely recent. On a very old case. Yes. 40 plus years. Yeah. So are we diving in? Are we starting right now? I, I guess, we, uh, well, no, first we should maybe say for our, for our new listeners, um, what this is this is oh, crime yeah. culture this is crime culture and this we are is a the, podcast this is the podcast and that's caitlin <laughs> and i'm Haley. and this Hi. is the part of uh the podcast where our patrons on our patreon have uh voted um to hear what episode they would like to listen to and to know about to know about and this is so you want to know about so this is a case that has been in the news recently you may have seen some headlines not done some deep research because it's all over the place well we're here to give you the rundown and so this is about the baby holly case mm-hmm that's us that's it that's us we're so here. let's dive in all right so harold dean klaus jr is it klaus c-l-o-u-s -E? yes Harold Dean Klaus Jr. and Tina Gale Klaus, born Tina Gale Lynn, married in June 1979. On January 24th, 1980, same, uh, yes? I have a bone to pick with you, not four minutes in, um, yeah. because I purposefully put that word I can never pronounce in there, and you just skirted around it. Yeah. So, so, just... 
lackadaisically. The the word for when you're like the the maiden writing, the maiden yeah, name. The maiden name. It's knee, N-E-E. -E. But, but it's there's it a chicka sounds... over it, and I don't know what it where I don't know what that indicates. Well, you didn't put that in the fucking notes. Yeah, because uh, I don't know how to type it. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know how to type it. Listen, listen. Well, I just wanted just justice for once. It's her maiden name, and the story isn't truly about her all the no. way. It's about her daughter who Ooh. she gave birth to yeah. on uh, January 24th, 1980. And the daughter's name is Holly Marie Klaus. Yes. So Dean's sister, Debbie Brooks, later described her younger brother as a, quote, vivacious, active, and outgoing, end quote, young man who adored minibikes and spending time with friends. Minibikes is a weird thing to specifically put in there. Nah, it was the 80s. Maybe he liked working on them, fixing them up. Then riding yeah. them. Are they motorized? I, or are they like bike, bike sickles? I assumed they were motorized, but I mean, what do I know? Aren't those any, like dirt Any bikes? mini bike enthusiasts? That's what I kind of thought they were. Yeah. I don't know. Anybody That's who's cool seen hobby, motocross? <laughs> the DCOM, yeah, the the DCOM, DCOM motocross. Movie, motocross. Yeah. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. <laughs> um, but after marrying Tina and the birth of their child, Dean's younger brother, Chris Casasanta? Casanta? Nope, you had it. Casa Casa Santa. Santa. Uh, he later told People Magazine that Dean changed, saying, quote, he really doted over them and tried to make sure that he was able to provide what they needed. He became a little softer, end quote. Which, as he should, I he's a husband that. and father now. Like, yeah. come on, provide for your family. Trading in his mini bikes for a tricycle. Aww. I know! Well, Tina it. was equally dedicated to her family. Casa Santa said, quote, she carried a little baby book with her everywhere. She always took pictures and took great care to document her first baby's year and what she was doing, end quote. Which, typical mom thing. I, yeah. I gave my mom specifically a little, like, one of the, the gifts I gave her uh, for Christmas after the wedding was, like, a little book that had some of the wedding photos in it. She was always asking for photos to show people. Oh, Yeah. So that winter, they left their home in New Samar Samarna Beach? New Smyrna. My uncle Smyr used to New live in New, New Smyrna Beach. New Smyrna Beach. That's in Florida. My uncle used to live there. Fun. Yeah. Um, they left there for Louisville, Texas, so Dean could pursue a career in carpentry work. Mm -hmm. Soon after the move, the letters Dean and Tina wrote home abruptly stopped. And though their families continued trying to get in contact with them, Brooks later told Houston News Station KHOU11, quote, we put out feelers every way we knew how, end quote. Again, this is in the 1980s. Uh, it's not easy to get in contact with somebody that moves states away, especially if, like, if they're not answering at the address you're sending letters to, it's kind of difficult to find, like, a forwarding address. Yeah. And there's no email or anything. But around late December 1980 or early January 1981, the families of Dean's sister received a call from someone who identified herself as Sister Susan. Sister Susan said she was calling from Los Angeles and wanted to return the family's car to Florida for $1,000. She said the couple had joined their religious group and was giving up all of their possessions. She also said that the couple no longer wanted to have contact with their families. The family obviously thought that this was pretty suspicious. So they contacted local authorities, including Brent Webster, the first assistant attorney general of Texas, and agreed to meet Sister Susan at the Daytona racetrack in Daytona Beach, Florida. 
The family said they met two or three women and possibly a man. Uh, the women were wearing robes, Webster said, and appeared to be members of the religious group. The car the women brought to Florida, which was a 1978 two-door red burgundy AMC Concord, did indeed belong to Harold's mother, Donna Casasanta, who later told the Houston Chronicle, quote, that was weird. We really got frightened and we started searching and searching, end quote. Les Lynn, Tina's brother, uh, told the Chronicle, quote, we pretty much thought they had joined this religious group and didn't want us to have and didn't want to have contact with us, end quote. Webster said the police took the women into custody, but no records have been identified in connection with the incident. Webster says that wasn't unusual given the age of the case, which is kind of scary. Like, yeah, it's an old case, but you should still have like records of their police records. Yeah, but I mean, you just said it's the police. It's yeah, also the true. 80s. But I mean, yeah. look at the rape backlog in this country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I work in an office where we have um, like a records retention that you're required to keep records for like a certain length of time and then you can like toss them. And Mm -hmm. I'm still like nervous. Like I had a whole stack of stuff and I was like, I I can throw this out. (laughs) I can can get rid of this. What do you mean? Won't someone come looking for it? It's like, no, it's past the date. Like I don't need you don't need to keep it anymore. I'm like. Okay. (laughs) Me, with my first grade book reports, convinced that someday somebody is going to question whether or not I actually deserved my grammar school diploma and therefore will have to Billy Madison my way through the rest of school. Yeah, right? No, no, no. You see, sir? I got an A on this. (laughs) So the couple's family members had not heard from them since October 1980, according to the statement. And while baby Holly was left at a church in Arizona, Webster said. Two women who identified themselves as members of a nomadic religious group, the group presumably that the classes joined, uh, brought Mm -hmm. Holly to that church, Webster said. They were wearing white robes and were barefoot and said their religious beliefs included separating male and female members and practicing vegetarian habits and not using or wearing leather goods. Pretty specific and weird, but you do Mm -hmm. you. Yep. The women also indicated that they had given up a baby before at a laundromat, Webster said. Investigators believe that a group traveled around the southwest U.S., including Arizona, California, and Texas, and had been seen in the region asking for food, Webster also said. So the families can't get into contact with Dean or Tina, and the baby was left somewhere. Yeah. So this is highly distressing. Yeah. Um, now on to the crime. So January 6, 1981, a Texas man alerted authorities that his German shepherd had returned home with what appeared to be a decomposed arm in his mouth. Everybody knows that fear of what is in their dog's mouth. Yeah. Never in a million. Like this is worst body case part. scenario. Worst case scenario. Yeah. And I have had friends. Maybe you are the friend, actually. Was it you who their dog brought home? It was like a deer leg or something. No, not my dog. But my dog has <laughs> killed. My dog had killed many things previously. Yeah. It's the worst. But human? Yeah. Bar yeah. none. But good dog for cracking the case. Yeah. Good poochie. So police conducted a massive search of the area. And on January 12th, 1981, the bodies of a young couple 
uh, were found in a remote patch of trees near a rural area north of Houston, Texas. And that couple was 21-year-old Dean. He was found beaten, bound, and gagged while 17-year-old Tina was strangled. So there were 21 and 17. They're very, so, very young. They're very, very young. But I also read elsewhere that they were 22 and 18. Like okay. the, the, the ages aren't really not. It's not even that they're not even really well known. It's just like there's different sources that say different things. I read that yeah. they were um, 21 and 17. I read that they were 21 and 17 when they got married. So then like yeah, a year yeah, later, yeah, yeah. they were 22 and 18. Well, and also Either way, they were very young, though. And also they weren't even identified as Dean and Tina yet. Right. Right. It was estimated that they had been for they had been dead for about two months prior to being found. In addition, reportedly, a bloody towel and green gym shorts were discarded near the bodies. Once the remains were found, Mary Mize, Mins? Mm-hmm. Mize. Mize, Harris County, Texas's uh, forensic artist, drew pastel reconstructions of the victims. However, no one recognized the couple because the family had just moved to Houston. Dubbed the Harris County Does, the couple, I, the couple's identities couldn't be determined, and there was no sign of the baby, so authorities didn't even think to look for one. The Klaus's bodies were exhumed in 2011 to see if they were related, and in 2021, 40 years later, they were finally identified as Harold Dean Klaus Jr. and Tina Gail Klaus with the help of genetic genealogy. Damn. 40 years. Yeah. Didn't even know if they were related. Yeah. Didn't even know if they were, like, if it was just a dumping site for a, a serial killer or how they were connected. Right. If it was a murder-suicide, like, you don't know. They didn't know. They couldn't and this, figure it out. This is one of those cases where it's just, it's, it was so easy for that baby to go missing mm-hmm. because the families already couldn't get in contact with them. Yeah. So they they thought, okay, well, they just don't want to get in contact with us. So they didn't report them missing. No. And they could their bodies couldn't be identified because they had been uh, out there for so long. The rate of decomposition just could it wasn't it wasn't identifiable, and it was the early '80s, so there wasn't the uh, stuff that we can use today to identify bodies. Yeah. So they didn't even know this baby was missing, which is terrifying. Um, but in July 2011, Dr. Jennifer Love, forensic anthropologist, director of the identification unit, Harris County Medical Exi- Examiner's Office, mm-hmm. say that five times fast, uh, <laughs> exhumed the bodies to extract the DNA to determine if they were related. Like I said, a 2011 Houston Chronicle article summed up the thoughts of the collaborative team investigating this 40 year old case, saying, quote, two Two people, two young kids go missing, probably just after New Year. How do two kids go missing and not get identified? End quote. Yeah. And yeah, they go missing because of this exact situation that they were already isolated from their families. So nobody thought that they were missing. Yeah. Nobody would have even assumed. Yeah. So working with forensic anthropologist Deborah Pinto of the Harris County Institute of Forensic Sciences, the case was solved by Identifiers International senior forensic genealogist Misty Gillis and former colleague and forensic genetic genealogist Allison Peacock, the founder of FHD Forensics. Thanks to a grant from Indianapolis-based true crime podcast producers, AudioChuck. Mm-hmm. 
Gillis, who has helped solve more than a dozen cold cases since 2019, later told People magazine that she had been looking for a case that would be, quote, a good fit for forensic genetic genealogy, end quote, on the Doe Network website of unidentified missing and murdered people when she came across the Harris County Doe's. She identified Klaus in October 2021 within 10 days of taking the case, which is mind blowing. It's that it's it's that short amount of time that you can identify a case that's been cold for 40 years. It like makes you want to like exhume all these other unidentified people and just be like, it takes such little time. Let's see if we can figure this out and give some of these families closure. Because We'll get to it. Like lots of their families are alive and didn't know. Um, But when it was determined that Dean and Tina were not related, Gillis told people, quote, I was absolutely enamored with it because I thought it was like a love story. This man and woman are found together. They're similar age. You kind of start to think if they're not related to each other, then what is the capacity they know each other? I Mm -hmm. wanted to know what the story was, end quote. Gillis and Peacock then began building the family trees of the unidentified couple. And within days, they were able to track down distant cousins of Dean on GED match, which pinpointed a Kentucky family that was closely related. When his family mentioned his wife, Tina Gail Lynn uh, was identified as the other victim. Uh, Peacock told people magazine quote, we were able to call Dean's sister and find out, yes, that he had been missing for 40 years and he was married, end quote. Uh, she went on to say, quote, uh, Gillis went on to say, quote, I am very thankful to have been given the opportunity to work on this case. It was a difficult case emotionally, end quote. Dr. Colleen Fitzpatrick, president of Identifiers International, added, quote, we are pleased the Harris County Institute of Forensic Science placed its confidence in us so we could bring closure to the Klaus and Lynn families. We thank Audio Chuck for their generous support in funding the work in this case. End quote. Brooks, who last saw her younger brother in 1978, told Oxygen.com, quote, of course, when you get news like that, you're crying on the phone. Yes, we have closure, but we also have more questions. End quote. One of those questions that Debbie had was uh, the obvious question, what happened to Holly Marie? Yeah. Telling Oxygen.com, quote, my next question is, where's the baby? Number one, I'd just like to know that she's okay and that she didn't have a bad life. My fear is she was abused, end quote. To Peacock and Gillis's horror, they knew nothing about the existence of baby Holly, with Peacock telling people, quote, that was the biggest shock I'd ever had in my life. We were focused on finding them. It didn't occur to us that we would have a child, quote, end quote. And so the search for Holly Marie began with FHD Forensics launching the Hope for Holly DNA project in her honor and becoming the custodian of the genetic profiles of several of Holly's family members. Peacock helped create the missing persons case, combed through records, gathered photos of an age progression portrait and more in an effort to help law enforcement. Brooks told Oxygen.com, quote, it was very, very hard, very difficult, especially after the first few weeks. You can't help but think about what these last few moments of his life was like before they killed him. That kind of runs through your mind. I pray he didn't suffer, but it sounds like he may have. What did he go through? And of course, they strangled her, and you have to wonder, was he watching? End quote. For Holly, she added, quote, 
I'm hoping and praying that they gave her a rich and affluent family that took care of her. That's just mainly what I want to find out. I just want to know she wasn't hurt and I'd love to be able to contact to contact with her also. End quote. Yeah, that's I can only imagine. Yeah, I mean, these people get some money and they're like, "Okay, let's let's solve this um this cold case like this unidentified couple and as and a then, fluke yeah as a fluke you, now you're opening a missing persons case yeah like that's just that's unbelievable to me yeah. um i mean it's believable obviously because it happened but just like can you even imagine and also the fact that peacock i i had done a little research on her she started her whole business because she did this as a hobby yeah like it was just she she was good at it she did it for fun and then imagine like having only done this for for so long and then this is like the biggest like i just i wow like well it's kind what of a like, purpose to have it's kind of like that woman that, that we talked about in the i just killed my dad yeah. uh docuseries that she just was good at finding families and like right. reuniting people and that kind of like broke that whole case of like wait this kid didn't just randomly kill his dad because he was a little shit and they had a disagreement. Like he was kidnapped and systematically abused. Exactly. Exactly. So I think without her work and without like a lot of other people doing similar work like this, lots of these cases would just be waved off of like, Oh, well they joined a religious group and they uh, wanted no contact. So that's that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why, like, why would you assume, I guess, any differently? Yeah. yeah. That's what they were told. Yeah, exactly. And they they got the car. Like, I mean, you, you hear hoof prints and you think horses, not zebras. Yeah. But yeah. So as for updates to this case, now we're getting into, now we're getting into the, the recent stuff. Um, so in January of this year, the Texas Attorney General's Cold Case and Missing Persons Unit, which was a newly formed task force... Um, they were set up to tackle the state's 20,000 unsolved murders. 20,000. 20,000 in Texas. Yeah. Alone. Yikes. Um, but yeah, they decided to help investigate the d- disappearance of Holly. And so the Texas Attorney General's office worked alongside various police departments and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, combing over official adoption papers and birth records and just anything that might give them a clue as to what happened to baby Holly. Yeah. So in early in early June 2022, authorities announced that Holly, who is now 42 years old, she's been married for over 20 years and she has five kids and two grandchildren was found alive and well living in Oklahoma. Mm. Like, what are the fucking chances? Yeah. So the Volusia County Sheriff's Office in Florida worked with Texas authorities and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Um, I said National Center? Yes. Did I skip center? Okay. I I, like (laughs) my brain blanked for a second and I'm like, what? Um, But so they worked together to help reunite the family with Detective Steve Wheeler of the Volusia County Sheriff's Office saying, quote, it's one of the most meaningful things I've ever been a part of. It's a once in a lifetime thing to play even a small part in reuniting a family after 40 years. End quote. I mean, it's like one of those like. Those really heartwarming things like those compilation videos of like soldiers coming home and seeing their dogs. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, 
Or like just like there was a show called like forever ago. What was it called? It was on like Lifetime or something. I think it was called The Locator. Mm -hmm. That it was this guy that like he reunited families and it's just like seeing them come together again is like one of the like you think you're never going to see this person again and like yeah that's it that's it immediately brings tears to your eyes i I can't imagine even like playing a part in that just having that be like one of the most meaningful things that's ever happened to you right exactly but yeah so on tuesday june 7th which would have been dean's 63rd birthday Mm. OAG senior counsel Mindy Montford and Detective Craig Holloman with Louisville Police visited Holly at her workplace and notified her of her identity and the identities of her parents and relatives. Hours later, she's on a Zoom call hosted by Montford and her team with her family mm-hmm. and making plans to meet in person soon. Um, the, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children even said that they would pay for, for Holly to fly to Florida to visit them. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it just like I'm getting goosebumps just talking about yeah, this. Like, yeah, this yeah. is amazing. Um, and Les Lynn, her uncle, said of meeting his niece about eight months after learning she was even alive, yeah. said, quote, to go from hoping to find her to suddenly meeting her less than eight months later. How miraculous is that? All of the detectives involved, they all expressed such fortitude to get to the bottom of this case, end quote. So, and upon meeting his long lost niece, Chris, Chris Casasanta told people, quote, I first noticed her sweet demeanor, a lot like her mom's. It was just an amazing thing to find out that she was okay, end quote. He also said that he wanted Holly to know that, quote, her father was a loving, caring person. I just wish that she could have experienced his love and what he was about. Unfortunately, she didn't get that opportunity. So that's a tough thing. And that Tina just really doted over her, end quote. Um, one of Holly's aunts, Cheryl Klaus, said of the meeting, quote, it was so exciting to see Holly. I was so happy to meet her for the first time. It is such a blessing to be reassured that she is all right and has had a good life. The whole family slept well last night. The Hope for Holly project was a, was a success thanks to Mindy and her team, end quote. Mm-hmm. And in a statement released by the family, by a family spokeswoman, Holly's grandmother, Donna Casasanta, said, quote, Finding Holly is a birthday present from heaven since we found her on Junior's birthday. I prayed for more than 40 years for answers, and the Lord has revealed some of it, end quote. She also told the Houston Chronicle, quote, I will never forget my son and his Tina. I went years in pain wondering where they were. I spent years with my chest on fire just waiting, end quote. Mm. And this is getting me. I don't even have to watch <laughs> that show, and it's getting me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so another sister of Tina's, Sherry Lynn Green, also said in a statement, end quote, buckle up buttercups, end quote, after finally being able to reunite with Holly, I dreamed about her and my sister Tina last night. In my dream, Tina was laying on the floor, rolling around and laughing and playing with Holly like I saw them do many times before when they lived with me prior to moving to Texas. I believe Tina's finally resting in peace, knowing Holly is reuniting with her family. I personally am so relieved to know Holly is alive and well and was well cared for, but also torn up by it all. That baby was her life, end quote. So I don't know if if you're going to get to it or anything, uh, because I personally couldn't find too much information on it. But her name's not Holly. No. Her name her, is and her, Holly. and her identity hasn't been revealed to like no. the public and everything. No, She's I, just I will get into what we do as, now. 
Yeah, she just referred to as Holly from her birth name because, like, can you imagine, like, going from, like, I, I again, I don't know. Did she know she was adopted? I Yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I'm assuming because, that she did, but, like, I don't know. Maybe, because imagine, go, like, growing up, like, knowing you were adopted, not knowing um, anything about your your birth family and yeah. all of a sudden like you find out this horrible thing that happened to your parents but you gain so many more like family members that are just like the most eager to see you and to meet you mm-hmm. and who That's have so been wild. loving you for so long and you didn't know that they yeah. even existed yeah every single day like praying for you to have a good life and you didn't even know that they were out there yeah just dear god um yeah, so so Peacock praised Holly's family for never giving up on her, actually. Uh, she told KHOU11, quote, They've spent the past six months with me digging through records, gathering photos for the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's Age Progression Portrait, and documenting memories of Holly and her parents in an effort to help law enforcement, end quote. Mm. Donna Casasanta said to KHOU11, quote, Allison is forever our angel in helping us through this whole heartbreaking experience, end quote. But Peacock said, quote, what matters is that Holly was found happy and alive and now knows that she has a huge extended family that has loved her for decades. Yeah, yeah, exactly what we were saying. Yeah. And so then Texas Attorney General Paxton told KHOU 11, quote, I am extremely proud of the exceptional work done by my office's newly formed cold case and missing persons unit. My office diligently worked across state lines to uncover the mystery surrounding Holly's disappearance. We were successful in our efforts to locate her and reunite her with her biological family, end quote. That's great. But also don't stop. Keep doing it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Okay, here's your first win. You had you had a We've win. Got a lot. There, you've got, you got 20,000 people left now. Yeah, you're going to have a lot of like dead ends and a lot of losses. So yeah. let's let's like keep it going and at least identify these people and let any surviving family members know what has happened to these people. Yeah, just like let this serve as your fuel. Yeah. Um but so yeah, so as you had asked before, so the beginning of Hol- of Holly's life is a mystery. But investigators know that part of her life took place in the desert and she was adopted by a pastor and his wife with Brooks mm-hmm. telling Arizona television station Fox 10 Phoenix, quote, they were talking about adopting. Then all of a sudden this baby's dropped on their front port- doorstep practically, end quote. Uh, Donna Casasanta added, quote, I know that God placed her there. I know he did. We prayed and prayed, end quote. So the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, who confirmed that they were able to connect with Holly directly right before the announcement to the public, said, quote, she hopes she, yeah, she said she hopes to meet her biological family in person soon. Although she realizes that so many people are interested in hearing more about her and her story, she is asking for privacy at this time. And yeah, I mean, all this happened so quickly that and obviously like our country's in like a huge like true crime boom so any case hey, like this our, we have our international listeners too that's Hold true on i know but there's a <laughs> lot like especially like well u.s has a lot of yeah really intense cold cases that should be solved yeah um but yeah so any anytime something like this happens it's like all over the place and i can i can assume that she didn't want to go from like being just like living her normal fucking life to being interviewed by every single fucking news station in the world right. over and over and over again. Like, 
she needs to adjust. Right. Give her, give her a minute. The world basically found out at the same time she did. Yeah. Like she didn't have time oh, yeah. to sit with it. Exactly. But yeah. So as of the recording of this episode, no one has been arrested in connection to the deaths of Dean and Tina. And it remains unclear who gave Holly up for adoption. But because the investigation into the, their murders is ongoing, few additional details have been released. But what officials have confirmed is that Holly's adopted family are not suspects mm-hmm. and that a cult could be linked to these crimes. Mm-hmm. That sounds um, right. Yep. And Joseph Smehart, Sfemehart, S-C-I-M-H-A-R-T, I think it's, oh, hang on, Sfemehart, I think is how you say it. Okay. Um, it, he's a cult information specialist, and he Ooh. told Fox 10 Phoenix that he's almost positive that the group that they were talking about earlier, this religious group, is called the Christ Family. Okay. saying, quote, I was in a port- I was a portrait office in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and beginning my research on the cult phenomenon because I really just emerged from a large New Age cult myself. And lots of different groups, religions, preachers would show up on the Santa Fe Plaza during the summer while I worked there, and I would meet them and talk to them, end quote. So then Rick Allen Ross, the author of the novel Cults Inside Out, which has a 4.1 out of 10 on IMD on IMDb, gracious, on 4.1 out of 5 on Goodreads. I don't know where that came from. My brain just decided <laughs> to take over. We're just um, always referencing IMDb. I, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Um, but Ross agreed that the description of the individuals sounds like the group telling Fox 10 Phoenix, quote, Christ family is one of the most extreme cults that came out of the 70s and 80s. It was led by this man, Charles McHugh, who was also known as Lightning Amen. He claimed to be the reincarnation of Jesus Christ, and many of the members would assume the name Christ as their new last name, end quote. Oh, okay. So Amen, or maybe it's Amen, I don't know. Um, He died in 2010 at the age of 73, but he was described by Ross as, quote, a harsh leader, very extreme. He would manipulate scriptures out of context in the Bible to explain why he should have control and power over his followers' lives. He was also involved in illegal drug trafficking, methamphetamine, and the group grew marijuana, end quote. And the reason why they grew marijuana was because they smoked it as a, quote, sacred herb. And in addition to, like you mentioned before, they dressed like they came straight out of the Bible. Like they they were wearing long white robes, robes, barefoot, vegetarian, um, no animal products, all of that. Um, In addition to all of that, children were not wanted in the group, which would also explain why baby Holly was abandoned by them possibly twice. That they were just trying to get rid of her because they did not want kids in this group. Kids were not a part of this group. I mean, that could be a blessing because I oh, remember yeah. when we talked about children of God. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, well, I mean, just, I, I would rather her, I would rather her be left at a church and grow up in a loving family than yeah. grow up in a cult. Yeah, with people like that. Absolutely. But Sveemhart added, quote, he was considered to be pathological by ex-members, you know, so it wasn't like brainwashing works forever for some people. It might work for a few months for some people for 10 years. You don't know. It depends on the person, end quote. In 1987, Amen was sentenced to serve five years in prison after being convicted of possession and transportation of meth for sale. And then he was arrested again in 2001 on three counts of molesting a child under the age of 18 and was found guilty on one of those counts 
while it's not known for certain when, why, or even if the Klauses came into contact with this cult. Ross speculated, quote, my belief is that the Klauses decided that they didn't want to continue with the group. They may have also witnessed illegal activities involving the group's drug trafficking. So at that point, they disappeared, but they were murdered. And I don't think there's any way to separate those murders from Christ's family, end quote. I mean, that sounds like pretty, like, I I would agree with that assessment. If they did indeed, like, join up with the Christ family and wanted to leave, like, especially the way that they were killed and how their bodies were kind of dumped there, Mm -hmm. uh, that makes sense. Like, you saw something you shouldn't see and you can't leave. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also don't see, like, it's, a, it's weird. I don't see them giving up that baby willingly. I don't, I don't know. Think th- but that's what I'm saying to you. I don't think they did. I think that what happened was, that, and then again, this is all speculation. Um, they, so the Klauses decide, okay, we're leaving this cult. The cult says, no way. They kill the Klauses, but then they try to just get rid of the baby. They try to give him to a lo- give her to a laundromat. They try to leave her at a church. Like yeah. they just the 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 baby was just after the fact. Whether they didn't have Maybe. the baby, they weren't with the baby. Whether the Klauses were physically removed from the baby, like if they See, were say is, at their home, like we don't know all of these this things. Is these are all those, speculative. But this is one of those like unsolved mystery things. I like watching the show Unsolved Mysteries. I think it's genuinely interesting. But when they get to the episode and they say that there's like there's no resolution, there's no like updates, I'm like, motherfucker, fucking nuts. Yeah, exactly. We said this was gonna I be know, a happy one. <laughs> I know your episodes. Co- I know the show is called Unsolved Mysteries, but I want it to be solved. Make it solved, please. I am simply asking. Um, But yeah, well, regardless of who killed his brother and sister-in-law, Chris Casasanta told People Magazine, quote, hopefully somebody will come forward and just tell us what happened and why and just get it off their chest, too. I'm betting that it is even probably eating at them. I don't really seek redemption over it. I just want to know the answers and everything else will play out how it plays out, end quote. After Holly was found, the Tina, uh, the Dean and Tina Lynn Klaus Memorial Fund was set up by Peacock and Holly and Dean's families. Um, the funds, I think I was supposed to say Tina and Dean's. I don't know. Ta- all of them are Holly's family. But either way, yeah. the fund's goal is to help other families find lost loved ones through genetic genealogy, with Peacock telling the Longview News Herald, quote, the Klaus and Lynn families want to be a miracle for other families. They donated some seed money. In about 10 days, we've already raised enough to do two complete investigations on two unidentified remains cases. Mm. They want to do 10 cases, end quote. Like... I'm getting chills again. Yeah. Um, and then any money that was raised through a GoFundMe campaign that also went up for Holly will go towards supporting a genetic genealogy investigation as well. And as they continue to investigate the mysterious circumstances regarding the Klaus's murders, authorities ask that those with more information about the case contact Sergeant Rachel Kading, that's K-A-D-I-N-G, at the Texas Office of the Attorney General's Cold Case and Missing Persons Unit, and you can email them at coldcaseunit at oag.texas.gov, or you can call them at 512-936-0742. Yeah. And that is the story of Baby Holly. You know how many, like, I think that uh, if Bezos wanted to donate some money 
to this foundation. Um, we could probably solve every cold case in America. We will have and better luck still, if we turn to Mackenzie Scott. And he'd still be a billionaire? <laughs> like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I don't get it. Whatever. I, that's, a, that's a true crime for another day. Yeah, right. Um, <sighs> but yeah, I, I, I was surprised. Like, a lot of people said that they hadn't heard of this case. And um, it was all over my radar once uh once it broke yeah that, um they they had found her um and it's just it's so heartbreaking well i'm sure we'll post on the instagram or whatever but um there's one photo that was used for like lots of the the articles and lots of the headlines of dean and tina holding holly when she was like little little yeah and they're just like such a sweet little family have you seen the photo of holly holding the photo I don't them, know of the is three that of Ho- them. Is that Holly? Or that is, is that- her. That is that is from the the attorney general's press release saying okay, they found I, her. I didn't know if that was a family member because I know Holly doesn't want her identity to be like up and out there. So and I didn't know is, if that was her or not. That is indeed her. Wow, that's Holly. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, and it makes sense in the sense of like we don't know her real name. Like we know what she looks like, but. Yeah. I mean, and good, like, let her have her privacy. Let yeah, the family and, be able to And just... figure out how she wants to digest this information. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah. But the most important thing is that she was found. She knows what happened to her family. Her ex- whole big extended family now knows that she is safe and she grew up happy and has uh, a wonderful family of her own. Yeah. Just amazing. See, this wasn't a bummer one like last Thank week. Thank God. My heart. Thank you, patrons, more. for picking mm-hmm. this episode. Specifically, I want to give a shout out to Travis. You? Yeah, and just you. you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you're here too. Thank you. Travis. I'm here too. Both mommies are present. Yeah, Travis, we want to thank. Stevie, of course, we want to thank. Michaela's always there. Megan, Kim, a stan forever. Janie, <laughs> obviously, we're getting your name right these last couple times. And Sarah, thank everyone for uh voting for joining our patreon and if you want to join our patreon you can find the link to that in the bios of any of our social media Mm -hmm. we're on facebook instagram and twitter and we have a website which is crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com um you can also email us crimeculturepod at gmail.com and um i already know one person that has um gotten their secret satan gift all ready and set is it you no it's not me (laughs) somebody else i know but uh if you are part of our secret satan gift exchange just remember everything needs to get to your uh recipient before halloween so that we Mm -hmm. can all open it on halloween um so check your um shipping times of how long that's gonna take um and i can't wait until it's secret satan time it is so close to halloween (sighs) i decorated yes so did i joanne fabrics had a pumpkin sale and so you already know that i got the fuck in there uh my halloween decorations box is on the top shelf of our uh closet and i had elliot take that down the other day and i decorated (laughs) and it's the biggest box in the entire closet excellent um today is also bean's birthday the day day that we're recording this he is two we love you bean 
I'm going to give stand. him a cake of uh, cookies and whipped cream later because that's his favorite food. As he deserves. He, he must sample the cream. He loves it. He and that little shit, I haven't had a can of whipped cream <laughs> in this house in like almost a year. And, uh, yeah. He knew exactly what it was when I took it out of the fridge. <laughs> Good for him. It's what little he shit. deserves. It's He's what so he cute. deserves. Oh, I could eat him with a spoon. Anyway, that's it for me. Do you have anything else to say? Um, I don't think so. Be okay. kind. Wash your hands. Brush your yeah, teeth. Yeah, wash your hands. Brush your teeth. Pee after Don't sex. talk to strangers. Don't talk to strangers. Don't um, take any wooden nickels. Mouth closed. What? That's something my friend's dad would always say to us. Don't take any wooden nickels. Okay, don't take any wooden nickels, I guess. I think we've said that before. Um, and I think uh, it's like a way to say, don't be swindled. All right. Sure. Yeah, don't be swindled. Um, um, what's another one? Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Yep. Don't be um, creepy. Don't be creepy. Not, not not a fun saying about wooden nickels or playing stupid games, but still don't be creepy. And if someone's being creepy to you, be weird. Um, yeah. If somebody creepy comes up to you, laugh and agree and yes. walk away. Yes. Like, ah, see you, buddy. Yeah. You're, you, we got it. I'm on your side. And then or, just walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or one time somebody was being creepy to me. And so I just kind of started yelling. Just, just yeah, singing just, the song of my people. If Let Felix have it for a change. If somebody's trying to adult nap you, just sit down and scream. Yeah. Which is what yeah. I often want to do. Or yell fire. Fire people pay attention to. Yeah. Women, not so much. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I don't know. Eat your vegetables. I know they're not fun. Just try sure. it. Try roasting them. Roasting them makes them taste very nice. Pet your pets. <sighs> Tell your grandparents I say hi. Um, I don't know. I've got a lot of things to say. I could keep going. No, I think we're done. All right. Then I think we're done. All right. Happy almost oh, October. Rate, what? review, and subscribe. We Maybe we could have said that. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, if you're interested, whatever. Yes. Um, we're, we're, we're fine. Everything's yeah. fine. Whatever. Okay. Love you. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.